Welcome to the Fencing Podcast. I'm Sean. I'm Gav. And I'm Kate. So the guys all here uh, for episode 57. And thanks as always to our lovely sponsors, Liam Paul, and uh, to our equally lovely, that's the official position, uh, Patreon supporters. Lovely to see Barry Paul when we were over in Paris, the uh, former managing director of Liam Paul and Fine Form. And... Uh, our patron supporters, of course, keeping the Good Ship Fencing podcast afloat. So thank you very much to, to all you lovely people. Can I just say, it was, it was actually, considering recent events, it was really lovely to see Barry. He's a, a top bloke and a fencing wizard. He is, yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah. That's a nice rank, fencing wizard. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> it is something we can all aspire to, but so few of us will achieve, I fear. So anyway... um, well, last time it was just me and Gav uh, loafing around in Paris. We did a, a recording from the, the hotel bar on what had been happening in the individuals at the Challenge International de Paris. Uh, so I suppose we probably should catch up with um, with what happened in the teams since we had to dash off to, to catch a plane and didn't have time to actually tell you what happened in the team stuff. But there was a, well, kind of a mixture of interesting and exciting things there and some bits that were... Well, maybe just a little bit less interesting and exciting. Gav, you and I were there for virtually the whole day, <laughs> talking about men's foil teams. Saw a lot of France, and the yep. well, should we should we talk through what happened? Where to start? Is, yeah, where, where, where do you want to start with this one, Sean? Well, we'll start off with um, what happened the day before, where Maxime Putti uh, injured himself mm-hmm. and more or less had to kind of walk through his last fight in the. In the quarterfinals, so he was missing from the French yeah. team. Jeremy Cadu was brought in in his place, and in France's first match of the day, Julien Mertin um, started, and then Julie injured himself and was subbed off. Yeah. So for their last eight match against, now who was that against? I can't even remember who it was now, but uh, then oh, who was it again? Poland? No, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Almost doesn't matter. It was a it was a relatively comfortable win in the last eight. Yeah. Um, but then Cadu injured himself and had quite a lengthy bit of treatment. Um, but because Mertin was broken already, he had to keep going. So he kind of hobbled his way to the end of the match. Mertin was clearly either more broken than Cadu was. Um, or Cadu was considered more expendable because Cadu was back on again for the semi-final um, against Italy. Um, and he really was genuinely a fencer on pretty much on one leg by that time. Couldn't lunge, looked uncomfortable going backwards. So he was kind of limited to trying to hit with, with running attacks. And well, it, it, he did I mean, okay, running attacks. He did okay. I mean, I, I mean, running attack is really stretching the term a little bit. It was kind of hobble forward and hit your opponent. Uh, yeah. So it it was really lacking in sort of pace and surprise because it, I mean it's not his fault. It, it was just how it was. Uh, and then yeah. there was uh, I think he tried a little bit of just catch your opponent arm by just sticking your arm out. You know, whenever they get in within range. Uh, but it was actually yeah. surprisingly effective. I think everyone's so used to seeing you know fencing against mobile opponents that when they're when they're not mobile, it's, it's a bit of a surprise by itself. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, in that match, um, France obviously struggling a bit. I mean, uh, Le Pichu and 
um, the four are both both perfectly fit and well, thankfully. Yeah. Um, and and kind of just about keeping them hanging in there. I mean, he, he shaded a shaded a few hits against uh, against the Italians, but it, it was a proper nail biter in, in the end. Italy only just scraped over the line. Yeah, with I a, think a 45, did, I mean, 44 win. It was. Uh, uh, I mean, really, it should have been <laughs> should be way more comfortable. You're really only fencing two guys and. Um, and a third one that's properly broken. Well, I, the thing was that the French at that point, had, when Cado was clearly injured, had built up quite a large lead at that point. And it was whether or not Cado could just hold it out enough that there was still enough lead left so that um, you know the, the last men standing could just ease it out. And it was surprising that it nearly happened. It nearly happened for the French. And I think that just shows you how strong the French team have become suddenly. I mean, they're, they're start, I don't know if they've peaked too early, but certainly they've came on form right now. Uh, so I'm quite confident we're going to see some... Is there there's another World, is another World Cup before the, before uh, the Olympics? Yes, there is. Um, yeah, Cairo was so. the last of the, last of the World Cups uh, before the end of Olympic qualification. So... Um, I would be. I would be. And so hopefully, there'll be a, f- a fully fit French team for that. Exactly, and I, and I, and I think looking at their, if they can maintain this form, they're going to be hard to beat. Then, but it was certainly the, the big talking point of that particular match was watching a crocked French team narrowly going down to the Italians, which is quite yeah. something. Yeah, I mean the, the Italians can't really have taken a a great deal of delight in just about managing to to scrape through against a, an already depleted and then further. Yeah. Further damaged French team by a single hit. It's not. Yeah. It's not a commanding performance by any way, by no, any no, stretch of no, the imagination. No. Um, meanwhile, in the other semi final, um, USA were ruthlessly disposing of Hong Kong, forty five twenty seven. Quite a good day for Hong Kong, though, nonetheless, uh, getting into the into the semis and boost their chances of uh, conceivably scraping into the top four as one of the automatic qualifiers, um, mm. and certainly doing a lot to. To reinforce their position as, as the, if they don't manage that, as the next best of the Asian teams behind yeah. Korea. Yeah. So, um, at the moment, it looks certain that we'll have either Hong Kong or Korea in the top four, and therefore, mm-hmm. whichever one doesn't get in the top four qualifying as best yep. Asian team, yep. Um, because uh, Russia, who are uh, fifth in in the sort of qualifying list at the moment um, fielded a, a very very young team in mm-hmm. Paris mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jeremy Sinoff was there but then he basically was joined by uh, last year's Russian junior team both Borodachevs and Milnikov joining him and they actually fenced all three of them pretty regularly through the course of the day um, and they, they finished six so it doesn't look like Russia are, are too bothered about finishing in the top four they're quite happy to go as the is the highly, highest qualifying qualified European team, which is kind of bad news for the rest of the European teams. Mm-hmm. You know that might have still considered they had a bit of a chance. Germany probably the most likely of those, but it doesn't uh, it doesn't seem that Russia are, are pushing yeah. to yeah. Um, try and secure a place in the top four. So in the third place playoff, France with Cadou now basically just a collection of injured limbs and bits of tape and strapping to to try and get him to the end of the the day, um, managed fairly comfortably to dispose of, of Hong Kong to take the bronze medal, um, 45-38. Um, and the final's an interesting one. Now, 
while we were there commentating, we had to leave early. We had to leave basically after about three fights because our our driver was very insistent that if we if we didn't go now, we were going to miss our flight, and <laughs> we didn't really have much choice. Yep. So, so we had um, to down tools and go. Yep. Uh, yeah. Quick mic drop. Uh, and at that point, Italy were fifteen seven up after the first three legs, um, but then. USA win four out of the next five five fights. Fights four to eight. USA win win four of them. Draw the other one actually, and in the end, another another comfortable um, USA victory over Italy. Who yeah yeah who who no no need are really to to get in the hang of things over the course of the weekend. The struggles against France and um, in the end, not putting putting in a terribly strong shift against. Against the USA, um, Grosso was probably the exception. Held his own, but uh, USA team back on back on top form after after yeah, missing out in Tokyo. It seems odd to say this, but the the Italian team didn't look exceptional at all. I mean, they came second, and it seems it feels very weird to say that, but they don't look how you expect them to look for a second place team. It's almost like they scraped yeah. in just because the French were crocked. They got into the final. I mean, they started off strongly, but they couldn't hold on, and they were comfortably defeated by the Americans, as it turned out. And it's it, it, there is something odd in saying that this is an Italian team which doesn't look particularly strong, even though they're getting these results all the time. They're always they're always right up there. Um, yeah, I, that's I, I, I never you feel look at the individual rankings. You've got Fukuni at one, Garozzo at three, and Kisara, I think, at six. It should and be an yet, amazing team. I don't think they've won a World Cup for ages. Uh, best part of a year, I think, maybe longer. Yeah, it's so strange. It's like a ch- it's like yeah. a choke when they get into the last stage, and it must feel really sort of odd and frustrating for Casara because he was part of the the All Star team where they, they were unbeatable for however long that mm-hmm. was, and every every one of them looked like amazing individually and as part of a team. But now he's in this team which looks amazing as a set of individuals but just doesn't fire together really strongly as a team it's i don't know i don't quite know it's such an odd thing i, I don't quite know what's going on there it's like it's like you, you know you say that the americans are, are are some of their parts so that the individual parts are maybe not the best but as a grouping they are just amazing yeah. uh, and maybe the, yeah. maybe it's the inverse for the for the towns where individually they are amazing but as a group not quite so much not quite so much at all. You're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, USA back on top. Um, so that was that was our our weekend in Paris. Had a it was a good weekend. Good time so lots of quality fencing, fencing, and yeah, enjoyed it as always. And I hope we'll be allowed back again sometime reasonably soon. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Philippe for uh, for organising it all. Yeah, um, Philippe Fado at the French Federation and uh, Manon Cottrell looking after us well as yeah. always. And um, yeah, thanks. Thanks to them again. Um, one interesting thing after after this um, was obviously the USA team uh, miles ahead in the rankings, and until recently the debate was about who was going to make up the team and whether Miles Chanley Watson would sort of be able to hold off Nick Itkin. Of course, Itkin had a mm. brilliant weekend, <laughs> won the individual on the Saturday in Paris, and has mm. now thoroughly cemented his place. So I, I went and had a look at the the USA domestic rankings for men's foil. And at the moment, if you look at the world rankings, um, Itkin and Bowden are, are tied on points. 
um, at fourth in the world. But if you go to the USA domestic rankings, um, Itkin is now first, mm-hmm. um, and Reese and Bowden down in fourth place, which... If that doesn't change, he will once again be sitting at the individual at the Olympics for uh, the second crazy Olympics talk. in a row. That's absolutely crazy it's, talk. Uh, He'll not be happy. No, I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure he won't. I mean, there's still time to change it. We've got you know two two Grand Prix in a World Cup, but yeah, that's that's where we are at the moment. That was a kind of thing that caught the eye in the run up to Rio was that there was in Bowden at that point that the highest ranked um, American in the in the world rankings and it only sort of came to our attention very late in the day that USA did their own things for the rankings and uh, he was he was going to miss out. I think um, it only sort of became apparent <laughs> at the last the last qualifying event uh, I think that was in Havana at that time that he basically uh, needed to win it to, to, to be able to fence in the individual. So yeah. um, I'll now be looking at the the USA domestic rankings almost as much as I will at the world rankings for, for men's foil because that'll be really interesting to see uh, which three start in the individual for, for USA in Tokyo. Mm. So anyway, enough men's foil chat. Yes. Gav, <laughs> tell us all about what happened in the women's epi in Havana. Uh, I can't say because there was absolutely no streaming and we weren't in Cuba. <laughs> We certainly weren't there. Yeah, and and the only no, sort of uh, no live stream and no no live results. No, nothing. Uh, USA fencing. Um, their, whoever runs our Facebook page was quite thorough at posting photographs of bits of paper stuck to the wall, but it's uh, it, it's not very twenty first century, really, is it? No, I mean, I mean, let's face it. It's traditional fencing tournaments still run off paper. It's traditional. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't really know what to say because we we didn't see it and doesn't seem to be made much effort to really sort of cover it. So I, I don't really know how much is it's, it's worth really talking about unless anybody everybody's interested in reading out the scores. Um, tell us who won medals and that sort of thing. That, well, that'll be that'll be something yeah, to, okay. to kind of whet our appetite for the the excitement that may or may not have taken place in in Cuba. It, it does sound genuinely interesting if I just tell you the top four. Okay, so equal third is uh, uh, Napik Miyazaga of Poland and Kandasami of France. Uh, silver went to Anna Maria Popescu and our winner was Alexandra Zamachowska of Poland. Okay, so that's interesting. interesting yeah. What happened there? Uh, I'd be quite cute. I'd, I'd like to know that. I mean, just, just sort of narrowly uh, missing out on the medals there, we've got um, uh, Sun Yuen of China, Kelly Hurley and uh, Erika Kirpu. Just sort of missing out, and then Lin Sheng's out in, out in ninth as well. Corlin Vitalis went out in the tenth, so something interesting was going on there. But I'm not one because we didn't see it. You know, uh, yeah. there's actually not very Especially much to see at all. Have to make it interesting. Yeah, it's been been frustrating. Uh, yeah, another <laughs> another competition that we can't we can't see, and uh, it's frustrating. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> we should be able to see this stuff. It's a World Cup. It's Olympic. It's Olympic year. Um, yeah, the FI needs to to get its act together and say, if you want to host a, a senior World Cup, you've got to be able to provide some sort of a live stream. Something. Even, I mean, like... Well, maybe, maybe in your case, Kate, it'd be just, just live results is enough for you. Uh, I mean, if you look at the teams on, the, on, on day two of that, then... Uh, 
Oh, third and fourth. So fourth was Ukraine, third was France, second was Estonia, first was Italy. Okay, so, so it uh, does sound like uh, Estonia are getting their act together a little bit because they've yeah. kind of singularly failed to to do what was expected of them mm-hmm. as a team during the course of Olympic qualification. Um, and maybe they've, they've finally got around to actually producing some results because they realise that otherwise uh, um, only one out of half a dozen world-class Estonian women's EPS will be uh, will be going to the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, just outside of the, the medals, we've got Russia finishing fifth, Poland finishing sixth, which is fair enough, uh, USA down in seventh, and China in eighth. So you know, it's there's interesting stuff there, but quite, quite what's going on is a sort of difficult thing. I mean, Ukraine beat Poland uh, in, the, in the sort of the quarterfinals. Let's, let's have a quick just spin through it. Uh, Ukraine beat Poland. USA was defeated by Estonia, so that kind of explains what's going on there. Italy thrashed China forty twenty one, and then. Uh, uh, France narrowly defeated Russia 40-39. So it sounds like it was quite an interesting tournament if if you wanted to sit through and watch all of that. But that's about as much as I can really say. Yeah, no, I think that is all we can say. Um, so Havana probably were great, but we'll never know. Yep. We've become a, a results reading service, which is not really the idea. No, exactly. <laughs> so shall we so just sort of... Enough, s- enough of that. Move on to more interesting things for Kate. Uh, Sabre is best, Kate. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yes, it is indeed. Thank you for saying that, <laughs> obviously. Um, so, yeah, we had... I can actually talk about men's Sabre because I think we have got we have video of it in Montreal in the Grand Prix. Uh, is this the first, con- it's the first Grand Prix of the year, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, it is indeed. Yeah, it was exciting stuff. What should I start with? I'll start with... We'll start with men's. And a strong day for France with Apatit taking gold and Curatoli, Bezedzi and Samelli in second, third places. And yeah, it's exciting. I think the most exciting one will probably have to be the uh, Bezedzi and O fight. Although it's not it's the semis it was the quarter yeah. the last eight um, sort of on paper you read it as oh world number one thrashing mm. everybody and it, I think he um, Bezetzi was maybe 14 11 or 14 12 down and then had a bit of a prima donna moment <laughs> put his mask back on and then beat O, 15-14, out of nowhere. Um, yeah, it was good to watch. But then I think he's changed coaches to he has, Christian yeah. Bauer. So I don't know when that was a more recent. Was it, I'm not sure when it was he's changed coaches, but I just spotted a, in the live stream watching the Yeah, famil- a familiar head. head. Pop up yeah. every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> For a split second, I thought it was my own coach. And I was like, what? Why were you doing there? How did you get into Montreal? And I'm not there. Yeah. <laughs> so it threw me slightly. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'm, 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 I'm sure he would be delighted with the comparison. Okay, so we'll go to Curatoli and Bezedzi. And Curatoli... Really sort of dominating the fight. 
um, through fencing. And also, there's a couple of times he's been go- he went early. He's quite straight off the line in a lot of his fights, but in that one particularly, sort of that borderline, oh, he should have probably got a card. Is that a card? Is that not? And hmm. it really was. You could see it was winding Vazedzi up. So the first half of the fight, you can see he's losing his... F- he's not got as much focus and he's just getting wound up by the referee. And then uh, I think there's, yeah, one point Malenchev um, comes out from behind the video replay and tells them off, wags his finger at them. All right. And I was watching the commentary. <laughs> Just a gen- general, fin- general finger-wagging. Yeah, and yeah, the commentary. It's, YouTube behaviour. Uh, I'm not sure who was with um, Kareem in the, ref- the commentary, but he didn't seem too impressed with uh, Milenchev because he was the video ref coming out and telling them off. Yeah. Um, I believe the American uh, commentator um, yeah. was uh, Jeff Kantz, I think his name is. So not, not impressed with... Uh, no. Vassal have but a word. It seemed to have done the trick. And then minute break. We've got a slight dip from Curatoli and rushing into Bezedzi's attack. Because he's got that really, like I said, he's really fast off that line and kind of played into Bezedzi's hands. Um, who's just picking him up with that attack on prep. So he's just rushing into sort of the trap that Bezedzi's setting up on that middle line. And. Yeah, and then Bezazzi has another prima donna moment. I'm so thankful YouTube has fast forward moments when it comes to things like this. Like, come on, get over this, five seconds, five seconds, come on. Um, yeah, and it's that they get to a point, I think, 39 of that borderline, 39 to Curatoli. And you always have those sort of key points, especially in Sabre when you've got minimal movement of where it's going to go. Um mm-hmm. And then it's almost like you see Kyoto, he gets that point, and you think, okay, I don't think Bozetsi's got it, although he did kind of pull it back against though. But yeah, really nice fencing from Kyoto. Nice control of the middle. I think there's only one attack that Kyoto pushes Bozetsi off the back at the end. But nearly all the right. fencing, actually, watching a lot of it, the, in general, of the, even the women's, not much of it goes past that um, middle. Uh, apart from if you watch the fight of uh, Salagi v. Smelly, you see Smelly get chucked off the end of the piece. But apart from that, a lot of it stays in that middle where they've got to take quick decision-making and they're all mm-hmm. setting up for traps and not much. It's quite contained, a lot of the fencing from there. Yes, yeah, as, as a non-sabrer, I, I, I enjoy that less. I find that kind yeah. of frustrating. Um, and I want to see more, more use of. The you want to see the more, fast more zoomy stuff. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm less keen on the uh, really steady fence stuff. I want to, I want to see movement. I want to see people yeah, running away it, and trusting the defence. And I don't want to say to the untrained eye, but to a no, non-sabrer, <laughs> it does. Fair. It can look quite boring. It's like, yeah, well, I don't see what's going on here. But it, I think, just it's there's tiny like millimeter kind of things that just make it you know like when we see a, like a nice setting up for a parapost in the middle we were like ooh, but maybe for four this is impressive i've got to say i'm with sean on this one uh I, like if it's just happening in the middle like that uh, it's not particularly exciting to me it's like it's a game it's a map becomes a massive game of chicken who blinks first and I'm, i don't know I'm, I, it doesn't it doesn't really set me on fire if you know what i mean 
I really love it. I love yeah. when yeah. you see. I think Sabres at its best. I think is when you see the defenses running up and chasing each other down the piece, and it's got this kind of lovely tactical richness to it. It's not just who blinks mm-hmm. first. There's a there's a whole thing about setting it up and you know baiting your opponent, and there's a sort of the lovely footwork. Whether it's that physicality of the Koreans or sort of the lovely fencing of, of uh, Salagi. Uh, that's why I like. I'm less 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 impressed when I just see uh, Sabrina just charging into the middle and trying to whack each other. Kind of like, yeah, enough, yeah. enough. I'll know. take no. But, but you see, yeah, that's what marks us out as ignorant peasants. I, I can't. I can't. That's why you can't see in the. <laughs> and that's why we have Kate here. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't see in the fifth dimension. I don't. I don't understand. You know, the sabers move through eighteen spatial dimensions to get to the to, to crew enough kind of like neutrino kind of. Pulsation on the back edge of the blade to to give him point oh one 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 of a second right away advantage. It's like oh, oh. And yeah, I am but, a nerd. But the Sabres the Sabres all get it, Gav. We we don't have to. I mean, we can try, and we probably should try harder <laughs> if we really want to to talk about it with any sort of authority. Mm-hmm. I think from a fencer's perspective as well, if you watch sort of the last maybe the last 32 and the last 16, you're more likely to see that up and down fencing of classic brrr, up to the end of the piece kind of um, fencing. But when it gets to the, the further down in the competition, you get so tense that you just don't want to, you're like, oh, I really yeah. don't want to lose this fight. So it does get confined into that space. You've not got that. It's not that they can't f- push each other up and down. They're just, they're so concerned about that because it's the really important parts of the the important bits of the competition yeah, that's getting it's the down kind of to. Lower, so lower risk option. A little bit, yeah. You're in a fact, yeah, yeah. It's a little bit like chicken, but who's brave enough? But yeah, it can be a bit. Maybe it can be a bit boring. I don't know if that's actually allowed in sabre. Was <laughs> that too low? The key. Gav's going to count that as a major victory if you say that. <laughs> I'm off the strike. I didn't. I'm, I'm off the. Did not say a possibility. No. Yeah, I was just to an atheist, maybe. I'm off to actually uh, to a layman uh, strangle a kitten in uh, celebration. <laughs> oh dear! <laughs> I didn't take long. Mm, yes. Well, so we'll go to the second bronze medal. Uh, semi, yeah, se- the second semi-final. Uh, Apathy and Samelli, and. It normally, you know, normally in Sabre, you've got that quick turnaround of they're in the lead, they're in the lead, they're in the lead. Um, but it just looked like Apathy just had complete control. There's a, there is a point when he's 8 4 up against um, Samelli. Samelli gets four points in a row. You think, oh, it's 8 all. Oh, something's going to exciting to happen. What's, ooh, ooh. And then Apathy just gets seven hits in a row and goes, whatever, I'm just going to win this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's enough of that. Yeah, it's in the playing. most like nonchalant French way, like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna go win this fight now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've watched a bit of um, bit of Apathy fencing um, before you you joined us in the podcast, uh, and he does seem to be a fencer. Once once he's on a roll, he's incredibly hard to stop. I mean, he won what a couple of things last year. I think he won a Grand Prix. And a World Cup, I think, yeah, last I think season. You're right on that one. Um, he produced. I mean, he produced a lot of really strong results, and uh, on his best form, he looks incredible. And and I think so. Who's prepared to gamble a little bit, which makes him a bit more exciting for us? Um, yeah, mentally impoverished, foilless, and atheist, saber <laughs> peasant, saber <laughs> peasant. That's us. Hmm, I like. I like that term actually. Hmm, yeah, I can see peasant. that catching on with uh, with you and your friends. Yes. 
<laughs> Look at those saber peasants. Mwah, mwah, mwah. <laughs> so I'm just going to have to pull myself yeah. back. I quite like that term. I'm going to save that one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah sorry. Uh, fencing, mm, yes. Uh, no, Apathy, someone, the um, Jeff, the commentator, said that he's fencing exactly the same as he did 15 years ago. He's got the same amount of level of control and calmness. And it really was. I don't want to say textbook fencing, but it was just... Fencing was so clinical and neat and it's, especially in Sabre, those, the preparation of that line, I think, really makes the whole, the hit, the whole part of the fight. So if your preparation is strong and smart and sharp, then usually it transpires into that, that being what the hit is like. So if you've got a big messy or a big step into distance and you've not got a plan, then very like unlikely to get a hit. And if you are, you're really lucky to. He was just not saying that Samelli isn't a bad fencer. He's had a really good season, but Apathy just looked like just look made it look easy, which I really yeah. hate. I don't like when people <laughs> do that, <laughs> especially in your own weapon. Envy is a terrible stop thing. Stop that, guys! Stop. Um, and then into the final of Curatoli and Apathy, and Curatoli had such a lead of the sort of the ball was in his court, had the control of the fight against Pazedzi and uh, Apathy still pretty chill and just uh, went on and won it but the I'm gonna I'm just gonna fast forward the fencing because of the last period of fights and if you've not seen it you need to watch it okay of don't shout until the fight's over <laughs> so like I said the most of the fight has been in the middle and Kiyotoli has been trying to get off the line straight away. But then you've got... So sometimes in Sabre, you want to think it's really, really fast and it's a good idea to go really, really fast, but going smaller and sharper is the better option. So that was happening with Kiyotoli. He's going really rushing into the middle and Apatisha smaller and sharper. Mm -hmm. And then... So he's gone early quite a few times and the ref has picked up on it and carded him and carded him. Okay. Hold on to that thought. So then we have really sharp preparation from Apathy, making Curatoli miss, pushes him down, pushes him down, pushes him down, smacks him on the end, celebration, it was 14-11. And then Curatoli looks sort of shoulder sagged and you think, oh, okay, that's the end of the fight. Because you're sort of in the moment, not really paying attention. Uh. And then we go to video and then you see that actually no hits an old yellow card given to Apathy for crossing his feet. Oh. And then, yeah. So he flunged and a very sort of sneaky back foot kind of run, comes through. So obviously when say you can't cross your feet going forwards, but when you're flunging, there's that sort of, oh, did they cross? And they were sort of, it was a pretty yeah. obvious cross. And then back to the on-guard line, you're thinking, okay, getting interested now. Kiyotoli gets the next hit, 13-14. Ooh, it's yeah. getting exciting. And then Kiyotoli goes for the attack, but Holt is shouted as he went early. And he's already Ooh. on a red card. And he loses. Oh, that's a sore way to lose. And Apathy wins on a red card. Ouch. Yeah. I watched this. So before I watched the live stream, I'd actually saw this on Man and Brunet's Instagram. And... um. Apathy is her boyfriend and I'm watching the fight and listening to her um, talking about it. She's like, yeah, yeah, it's amazing. When he first 
got the point and initially oh. thought he'd won. Oh, that's amazing. And then the video and her going, what do you mean video? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then she, the, you see the replay of the, the flunge and the cross and she's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, okay, true. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and then goes on to win. So it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, I think Apathy really dominated the competition. I would have said about the other, I've just really, really loved his fencing. So as everyone else, I didn't mention you. We went went out early, but it's all about apathy, I think. I'm for Men's yeah. Haber for Montreal. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, great. So go on to the women. Yes, please. On to the girls. Women. First off, there's no Velakaya at the Montreal oh, Grand Prix. Okay. As a noticeable, not there kind of disappearance. I think... Um, John Southfield and Kareem were discussing it and said that she is a mum of two kids, so it's probably spending time with her family at home. Um, but there's probably... I'm sure somebody's got a conspiracy theory. They always have conspiracy theories. <laughs> well. Um, well. Okay, we'll go for... Nicotina and Limbach as the first uh, semi-final. And we have a Nicotina win. And Limbach had a really good day, so... I would say between the two, Nicotina and Lembach. Lembach, not Lembach. Lembach, French. Got to make it clear which one. Lembach. And personally, I think sometimes they get underrated over, because you've got on the French team, you've got Berdan Brunet, and then on the Russian team, you've got Velikia and Egorian, both kind of superstars in their own right. So I think sometimes they're kind of in the shadows, so for them to get this, Nicotine especially, she goes on to get the uh, silver medal. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but Limbach, she not only does she come third, she also puts out Brunet and Berder oh, okay. in her way towards the semi-final. Right. So, so while they are, there's that sort of element of well, they know each other, they train each other all the time, so familiar familiarity. So coming into the semi-final she looks she doesn't look as fired up as Nicotina is I think Nicotina might be maybe more used to being in a semi-final I'm not sure but she had more of a better better decision making than Limbach a couple of times Limbach just takes massive preparation into the middle and doesn't really have a plan she just sort of steps in looks for something steps out again she's not got a she's not either setting Nicotina up to miss or trying to take up the attack Um, so Nicotina kind of is all over and wins quite convincingly. She really, yeah, she needed to wake up then back. I was going to, I really like the way she fences and I fenced her before in competitions. So, you know, it's, it's a really good result for her, but I, I think she could have done a bit better. Yeah, having, having gone that far, I could have. I mean, I'm saying that. I mean, I'm not, I've not got to a semi-final or Grand Prix. I've got, no, I can't really say that, yeah. but. Yeah, having, having put out her two arguably more distinguished teammates earlier on the day, you might have thought, after that, yeah. Nicotina is well, not an easier fight, perhaps, but you know, one that you would think got a real chance here of, of making a Grand Prix final. Yeah, I think when you're going through it, it's sort of those, you're shifting up the gears. You see it a lot with um, Carlan in the semi finals. And then, well, you know, well, I say 64, she doesn't just, well, mm-hmm. 64, 32, you know, you can see her going up the gears and. It's completely different fencing, and I think for Lembach, maybe she just yeah. had peaked a little bit and just gone downhill, or I'm not quite sure, or just maybe 
Nicotina was just that much sharper than her. Um, but no, it was, it was a good fight to watch. So the second semi-final was Shao and Carlan. I, I did actually watch this. I can't remember why, but I, I kind of stumbled across it on, it must have been on Facebook Live, I think. Oh, nice. That's what it is. I, yeah, yeah, sorry. That's... You watched it because Sabre is best, Sean. That's why you watched it. Sabre is best. That's your affirmation. You have to repeat to yourself every day. Sabre is best every day. Just repeat it to yourself. You'll get there. Um, I'm just a Sabre peasant. I'm stand- I'm just a Sabre peasant. I, I, and I'm just standing here in the mud with my with my. <laughs> yeah, that's your thoughts. affirmation, Gav. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lovely image. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I did see this one, and um, yeah, you're right. It was a it was a cracker, wasn't it? So tell tell us, Saber peasants, about what happened. Well, dear Saber peasants, um, on paper it's an interesting one. It, I think it really could go either way. I've seen Shao beat. Carlan, when I thought Carlan was, oh, Carlan's definitely going to take her because it's Carlan. Um, so I was, I wasn't going to say, I wasn't thinking, right, it's definitely going to be such and such to win. I just had to sit back and enjoy the fight. And yeah, there was some, it was really sort of going back and forth who was going to win. Um, and Shao has got, I think, telescopic legs maybe when she lunges. <laughs> I don't yeah, quite well know how she does it, that she does that. Step lunge and just yeah, takes she's up been assembled the, in a Chinese factory somewhere and um, uh, rolled out into the, the world <laughs> circuit. She has a she's just got a, be- a button that she lunges and her legs just extend. I don't know. I'd like to know how this works, please. If anyone can make this for me, I would very much like to know. Um, yeah, she's got real control in the middle. Whereas Carlan, she needed to well, she does um, sharpen that preparation and. She's just, you have to be, she either needs to be decisive and draw that attack off Shao and make her miss and then make her miss again, um, which she does. But yeah, there was one point, I think it was near the end of the fight. I thought, oh yeah, Shao's got this, definitely. And uh, Carlan pulls it out of the bag. But no, I think Shao was for future fencing. She has, I mean, she is, she's quite high up in the ranking. Yeah, I think she's she's up um, at the top, top eight. Maybe even higher. I mean, she's she's right up there now. And mm. <clears throat> I mean, for a fencer that you know barely registered my consciousness yeah. at all until well, eighteen months ago, even less than that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't have. Sort of, she wasn't on any radar. Rio, kind of 16, 2016 kind of time. So it's gonna. I think yeah. I think the Chinese team have had vast improvements over yeah. the couple of se- uh, yeah couple of seasons. Yeah, not even, yeah, I would say 18 months, pretty fair. So the future, I'm intrigued to see. Yeah, it's it's quite nice. You see the way Xiao fences and one competition, you know, Brunei or Carlana all over mm. and the next competition, you know, it's sort of like a back and forth between them. As a Sabre peasant, my, my opinions were not, not worth anything at all, but I did thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, the sort of contrasting mm. styles. Um, Caroline play more to my saber peasant taste, and that she looks more willing to take the fight out of the middle of the piece, which I quite enjoy. You know, I've kind of declared my hand in that. Clearly, it's a sign of of uh, saber ignorance, but you know, that's that's what I like. And uh, um, so, yeah, uh, I do I do that sort of match up of of, of differing styles, and um, yeah, Sharon looks very much the real deal, and it'd be really interesting to see how the rest of the season goes for her and. Um, if she gets on at the Olympics, it's a, it's a, a new name that, as I say, wasn't 
wasn't really someone who's being mentioned until till very recently, but uh, real a real life contender. Which is, was exciting to have mm-hmm. have new names, uh, you know, bursting onto the scene and and looking 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 like fencers that can go all the way at the very biggest events. It's, yeah, uh, it's good. It's healthy. Yeah, especially Shao with her long her lunge, she could go all the way, literally <laughs> fourteen meters. In fact, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Her legs are no, what, I, I, oh, what? I, I don't know. I don't know how she does it. No, there's one. She just she's just too tall. It's not allowed. <laughs> no, I don't feel. I wouldn't necessarily feel like say I'm short, and then I'm walking around venues and they're fencing there, and I think I feel so short today. What's going on? And it's just because they're just gigantic Amazonians of fences. I don't understand. It's not fair. Um, no, what, she's you need got Kate, some lifts in your shoes. Yeah, I need stilts, I think, is my actually my option. <laughs> yeah. uh, clearly, I did not eat all my vegetables when I was little. Otherwise, I would be six foot by now. I think that's what the issue is. Yeah, nobody nobody offers that <laughs> up as a warning when you're, when you're a kid. Eat your vegetable, vegetables or you'll not turn out to be a, a giant six foot tall um, sabreur. Oh, well. you know, that doesn't mean anything to you when you're five. I really missed out. <laughs> no, yeah, if only yes. you'd known. So, yeah. Yeah. so Carlan... From you can see from when the fight against Shao against the fight against Nicotina. So when I originally watched these fights, I got the I hadn't actually seen. I knew that Carlin had won from Instagram because that's where all the fencing gossip comes from. But I hadn't worked out the the <laughs> yeah. first, second, third. I oh, know the second, third places. Yeah. So I'd initially watched the fight against Nicotina and then watched the fight against Shao, thinking the fight against Nicotina was the semi and then the fight against Shao was the final. So I was oh, watching right. like, oh gosh, like, right. Carlan, what are you doing against Shao? Come on, that was rubbish against Nicotina. And then flipped it over. I was like, oh no, that makes more sense. So the fight against Nicotina, she's obviously learned her lesson against Shao, put it into the fight against Nicotina. And she's just way more active, way more decisive off the front, the front line, the start line. She's really... Yeah. Yeah, she's decisive. If she's going to attack, she's not rushing into that um, sort of trap zone in the four meters. And you've got to have a really, you've got to have a, a game plan against Nicotina because she's such an odd fencer in the nicest sense that she's just, the way she fences, she does look kind of hunchback and she's almost kind of bouncy and she's got such an <laughs> active hand that you have to be doing something because Limbach, when she just went in, Expecting something to happen. It's just yeah, the last last time I described her fencing as ugly, and you went, "Oh, you can't say that." And you described her <laughs> as a hunchback. I, I mean, really that's not fencing; that's posture. So I guess that kind of counts. Does that count? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Are you suggesting that she needs to go to some sort of uh, finishing she, school? She, Kate? Is that what you're saying? I think I feel like I should be going to finishing school to, for politeness. Really, um, no. She looks like <laughs> more like a foilist on guard. That's why I said it's odd. Ooh, the ultimate insult. I mean, I've just really not helped. I'm just digging a hole, really, here. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So we're saving presents. Saber peasants. Ugly looking saber looks like foil. You're not ugly, uh, you're just foil. I mean, yeah, on, on the T-shirt. Gav's, Gav's going to talk a bit of epi later, and you can okay, be rude about yeah. that as well, just so nobody misses out. <laughs> you know, as long as everyone's getting treated equally, they can't argue. <laughs> equally appallingly. <laughs> yeah, that's that's perfectly fair, obviously. Yeah, she no. Um, <laughs> she's got she's got really um, active preparation. She's never um, she's not a shrink and violet nicotina, so she's not gonna 
just go back, which is always going to push through that attack. So Carlan really has to be sharp and decisive off that line. And she is almost that she just, I want to say tighten up her preparations, but I said it before and I'm, I'm yammering on about it, but the smaller and sharper the preparation, the more the success of the hit, really. That's what I would see it like. Um, okay. Yeah, if you I rush into the hit. It. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a really nice fight to watch. She just set her up, smacked her, won a gold medal, went home. Nice. <laughs> Job done. Yeah. yeah. I've got a Grand Prix you need to rock up for the team event. So yeah, one day, collect your gold. Back in the back in the plane and um, yeah, mm-hmm. easy, easy. Plan E. Yeah, I think Carlan's just. I think she's had a seasons of having great performances, and then she gets to the Olympics, and then it's something strange will happen um, in the individual. So she's just been so close to that gold medal. I think this season she is determined that nothing is going to stop her. She seems like a like a woman on a mission. Hmm. She's won, she won Orleon, she won Salt Lake City, and now she's just won the Grand Prix. I wouldn't be surprised if she went on to win the other competitions coming up. Yeah. So the other, well, that's how I would like, it would be nice for her as a, to get a, a gold medal at the Olympics, but that is kind of in the, not too distant future, but it's still, there's still a few more competitions for her to get through. Okay, um, so would you be happier with uh, Carlan picking up a first Olympic individual gold or Velikia? Because she's not won an Olympic gold either. She's had two silvers, yeah, is very, she not? Oh, yeah, I thought about that one. Um, hmm. Mull it over. I'll ask you again nearer the time. Yeah, ask me Ask me in a month and I'll maybe give you a more clear answer. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry to spring that one on you, but just when you said, well, yeah. No, no, I'm going to let that one stew and think about it. No, I like that. <laughs> okay. I'll put I'll put it as a poll. Put it as a poll out. Who knows? Could do. Could do. That's very um very media social media savvy. <laughs> yes, I'll I'll not be doing that. But uh, yeah, feel free to dive in. Okay, so uh, overall summary of the of the weekend in uh, in Montreal. It looked we had some interesting results from the men's. Some great fencing from Appetit and the women's Carlan is dominating. She seems like Queen Sabre at the yeah. moment. So I think Veliki had the Queen Sabre crown. I don't know if, if Carlan's done enough to get the Queen Sabre crown. We shall see. It's hard to tell because Veliki has, well, not really been back for that long. I mean, this is only what we're looking at a season and a half since she returned to action. Mm-hmm. Has won a few times along the way. Went very close to the World Championships again um, in Budapest. Missing here. Didn't win the first couple. Who knows? Still plenty of time to yeah, say well, she's she Queen Saber. She doesn't have Christian. Well, she doesn't have Christian Bauer as her coach anymore. Yeah, that's true. So I'm not sure if that's been an influence to it because they. I think they really gel with one another. I think there's a good little. They had a good sort of relationship coach and hmm. fencer so now i don't know the russian coaches who's what's going on there so yeah i don't know if that's an influence yeah, on it'd it be interesting to see how uh how the various russian fencers respond to to bowers departure who, who thrives hmm. and who doesn't. i mean it's, it seems to be working okay for nicotina yeah 
But I'm not sure if she was because she's been a bit as... I don't know how, well, how the relationship with her and the coaches... Because they're all sort of... I think she's from a different club in comparison to um, Velikia and Agorian and Osnikova. Okay. I feel like I've heard that somewhere on the right. Sabre grapevine. Right. She's <laughs> the, kind of the, the outsider, perhaps, in the team a little bit. So maybe not missing... Mm-hmm. Uh, Missing Mr. Burris nearly so much. She's not odd. She's not odd, though. I, t- I retract that comment of odd. I'm very <laughs> sorry. If she ever listens. It's out there now. We're, we're very popular with yeah. the Russian Sabre crowd. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You've, uh, you've just, their, their leading Sabre and Velikia is no longer being Queen Sabre. And uh, you described their, their rising star, Nicotina, as, as being oh, a hunchback. I'm just going to lock myself in my room. <laughs> How to win friends I'm and sorry, influence people. I'm well, sorry, <laughs> Well, really, are they gonna, I'm going to come across them at competition and they're going to smack <laughs> me, so it's fine. I'll, I'll get my comeuppance. I mean, they, they probably had that planned for you anyway. And it's your, it's your job to stop that. Oh happening. yeah, they saw me and they knew that you know exactly. I need to be taken down a peg or two. Yep, that'd be mm, what it is. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Moving on. Before, yeah, before I make you, a fool yeah, of myself any further. <laughs> damage or any chance of being friends with anybody at all on the women's saber circuit uh, for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> best, best to stop. But I'll you know I'll pick up the baton because we're I'm going to talk about the uh, women's foil from Katowice. Um I'll run through some early departures: uh, Volpe, Gion, Palumbo, and Rossell in the '64. Ebert, Korobanikova, Sarah Zuma, Zagalina, and Ronville in the '32. Um, last sixteen was for the youngsters: uh, Jessica Go of Canada, uh, Binder of the USA, and Pustolnik from Israel. Um, who I think have a combined age of about my age between the three of them. Um, so yeah, loads of kids in the last 16. Um, more familiar faces in the quarterfinals though. Um, Camilla Mancini came through Volpe's part of the draw and defeated uh, Chai Song Oh of Korea pretty comfortably 15-6. Isola Tibus uh, beat Elisa Di Francesca again reasonably comfortably 15-10. And uh, Lee Kiefer continued her uh, long-running battle with Ariana Rigo, this time taking the fight 15-13. And last of the quarterfinals, Ina Derek-Zova, having not won the first two World Cups of the season in a genuine shocking turn-up for the books, back in the quarterfinals and uh, puts out Martina Bettini uh, of Italy 15-10. So semi-final number one, uh, Mancini against Thibaut. Um, quite active stuff both fencers looking to attack Mancini hitting with flicks repost to the shoulder as well to give herself a little bit of a lead and Tebus Burns both of her videos quite early on um, calling for those parry flicks to back to um, being being given to Mancini um, and Tebus feeling that there was actually no blade contact uh, but the hit stands so she got she got rid of her video reviews uh, within about a minute and Mancini 7-6 up about halfway through the first period and then just gradually stretches away with a really nice balance of attack and defence and um, she takes it to 11-7 up at the first break and then a strong finish in the second period um, scored the last four hits with a uh, a parry repost, a counter-attack, a compound repost um, and an attack so a real, real quality finish and a really impressive performance from, from Mancini I think I mentioned it the last time saying that she was maybe feeling 
under a little bit did. of pressure from Martina Bettini, who, who produced another pretty solid result here with the last eight. But uh, Mancini's was defending um, a third place at this competition last year and also a third place at the um, upcoming Grand Prix in, in Turin. So um, she probably needed a big result here and already got it with, with getting through to the final against, with a, in the end, a very comfortable win against uh, Francis Tibus. Uh, yeah, it was a quality fight, quality performance. Um, second semi-final, uh, Dirk Lozova against Kiefer. Uh, and against, uh, and again, Lee taking the lead early on in the fight. Um, Dirk Lozova levels it at, at nine apiece and uh, quite a big shout on that hit. It felt like a sort of decisive hit where she was finally taking control of the fight. Kiefer stays in it though. Uh, very active as always. Uh, a little bit less manic than she had been last time she fenced early over, where she seemed to kind of lose control of the fight, having got herself so hyped up that it entirely got away from her and it, it looked like she had kind of no control of what was happening towards the end of the fight and sort of piece of it. Uh, so this one was a little bit more, a little bit more balanced and Dergozova started to find her range with attack and eventually takes a 15-12 win, but it looked a better piece of fight from Kiefer and one that will give her a better chance of beating Daryl Lazova. So yeah, I mean, the score, score was probably similar, but it looked uh, much more within reach for, for Kiefer, whereas the last time out, she kind of came off the piece looking sort of shell-shocked and um, like the fight had entirely got away from her. With this one, it was nip and tuck, and she was she was edged out by a, a Daryl Lazova back on form. Another bronze medal for Lee Kiefer. She's picking up loads of them. Hasn't won in a little while. But uh, yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't feel far away. It's good to see because you know I'm a big fan of her, of Lee Kiefer's fencing, and it doesn't feel like it's that far away at the moment. Yeah, there's been times. I mean, she had a, uh, a kind of glorious run of results in the sort of season immediately after the Rio Olympics, where it was all go between her and Derek Lozova and and Arrigo. And over the last couple of years, Derek Lozova has taken over Curtin taking control of things very much. Irigo very rarely wins. And uh, Kiefer, I don't, I don't think it's won in the last last couple of years. I'd say, I'd say the Pan American Championships, obviously. But um, yeah, she, she looks like she's hitting good form with, uh, with the Olympics just six months away. That's, uh, that's good to see. So uh, on to the final. Pretty nip and tuck, actually. Mancini moves very well. Good balance of, of attack and defence. I mean, very, very like Derrigosova in terms of her approach to the fight. Uh, a little bit more active in defence, though, and what, what that does mean she can score with against Derrigosova is that Derrigosova will be occasionally tempted to try and finish her, her attack a bit early and, and lose control of her preparation and her footwork a little bit. Uh, Mancini then jumps in with the, with the closing counter-attack and scored with quite a lot of those. Um, but Derrigosova about 7-5 up at halfway through the second period, so um, still plenty of possibility for, for Mancini to, to take the win. She didn't look like she was, uh, out of her depth or, you know, struggling tactically at that point. Um, but then she gets cramp in her hand and she gets, uh, get a bit of attention from the paramedics for, for a few minutes. And, um, the Polish paramedics, um, well worth commenting on. Um, even if you're not interested in watching the fencing, you should go and see it just for, just for these guys. They're dressed in, uh, luminous orange kit that looks incredibly bulky and there are two of them carting around 
rucksacks that must have the, the entire contents of an ambulance inside them. They're huge and um, <laughs> worth worth tracking it down just for that alone. That takes a change from them just chasing you with a bottle of uh, spray yeah. spray. Actually. Yeah, it, it, it probably is. They had, they had a ton of <laughs> options. But um, yeah, after that, uh, Daryl Desova pulls away a bit. She goes... Uh, 10-5 up at the at the second break and she's still 10-5 up after a minute into the third and you know Manchin's having to hurry at this point and, and while she gets it back to within a couple of hits Douglas Ova's calm she's been here a million times before uh, a little run of hits from a fencer who's down and only only getting to within a couple no cause for panic and uh she picks off Mancini, uh, Mancini with a mixture of repulsion and counterattacks, and even even a couple of attacks of her own. And really, Derek Lozova wins all the time because her all-round game is the best. Yep. You probably couldn't say that one one single thing that she does is significantly better than everyone else, but there's no part of her game you can say that as a genuine weakness, and that's that's why she's so ruthlessly efficient. That, that, I think, that she understands the percentages better than everyone else. I think that's the issue. Like, everyone else might go, might gamble on a 33% chance, but Degles will always go, do you know what? No, that's not worth it. I'm always going to go 66%, 80%, 90%. <laughs> she never gambles on it. She never takes the other one. You know, it doesn't matter what's happening. No, I'm taking this 99% chance hit. Always that one. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a tough style of fencing to go up against, I think. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. Um, so I haven't watched any of the team action. Um, so I'm just going to give you. A, I'm going to be a results reading service. It's it's catching on. Um, <laughs> but the the reason for this is it is entirely my own inability to find enough time to to watch all of it. Yeah. Um, Russia win again. The the surprise is perhaps that France finished second. They beat Italy in the semi final, forty two forty one, and it does look again about Italy managing to to find a way to lose. USA finished fourth. That's a that feel, now feels like a USA team that's um, very much the fourth the fourth team out of those out of those countries in the women's foil at the moment. Right. Okay. Part of that is down to an announcement made last week that uh, uh, Singer Prescott of uh, USA um, announced her immediate retirement due to a, a chronic hip injury, and sounds like she's been in a lot of pain for quite a long time and. Is uh, looking at hip replacement surgery at the age of twenty-seven. So um, that's mental hip replacement. Uh, very sad news for her, obviously, and uh, it does it does weaken the the USA women's football team by by quite a bit. You know, the, these guys were world champions in in twenty seventeen, and I think without without Prescott and Nicole Ross, probably hasn't quite pushed on from the form that she had that season. USA. Don't don't look challenges for gold in Tokyo would be my my assessment of things at the moment. And the other the other thing that happened kind of after the event, a bit of a spat between uh, Elisa Di Francesca and Ariana Rigo. Di Francesca did an interview with the Italian sports newspaper uh, Corriere Corriere del Sport, um, where basically said that uh, the Italian women's foil <laughs> team weren't weren't doing well enough. You know, they're supposed to be the dream team. And we're not winning, it's not working, and you know, generally having a bit of a grump about things. Partly justified, but um you know, that's okay for us to see it. You probably don't see it about your your own yeah. team. 
It's not good for morale, Sean. No, exactly. Um, yeah. And then Ariana Irigo posted on on Twitter, I think it was, uh, this week, saying, mm. if you have a problem with the team, speak to your teammates, not the press. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, it, it, it's not all sweetness and light in the Italian women's foil camp with the sound of things. And and they're both right. The, oh. <laughs> the Italian women's foil team, certainly the starting three are ranked second, third and fourth in the world. They, they shouldn't be losing to France and they really should, probably shouldn't really be losing be losing to Russia either. They shouldn't be losing to anybody. They, they should, they are the dream team and they should be winning all the time. And they're not, they're not even winning most of the time. So, um, yeah, an interesting six months or so to try and sort out morale, tactics, performance, the whole works. A bit of team building needed. It, it sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it doesn't sound good. So that's a, a fairly high speed roundup of, uh, Katowice and some interesting stuff going on in the piece and some almost equally interesting stuff happening off it. So yeah, that was um, that was Katowice, which brings us to... Gav, you actually get to talk about some fencing now. <laughs> because, uh, yeah, tell us tell us what happened in Heidenheim. Well, obviously Heidenheim's one of the biggest epi tournaments. It's absolutely massive, so uh, that's just how it is. It's a sort of it's it's a, it's a tournament I've always wanted to go to, but I've, for whatever reason I've I've never actually made it. Uh, so we'll do it usual. We'll just spin quickly, spin through the results and uh, see who's gone out. Uh, out in the sixty-four, we've got Max Heinzer, Jacob Hoyle, uh, and Lamar Gascoigne. Out in the thirty-two, we've got Santarelli, Minobi, Boo, uh, Nikishin, and uh, Kanokoki. Hmm. And then out in the 16, we've got Yamada, which is a bit of a shame for him because he's been on a bit of a roll recently. So our quarterfinals are, our first one was Bida versus Reislin. Uh Like Bida's, Bida's, I think, either one or two in the world going into this. And he, the thing about Bida is if you've ever seen the guy, he's absolutely huge. He's built like a tank. And that pretty much sums up how he beat Riesel. Uh It's 15-11 on that one. Mm. Our second one is uh, Shikosley against uh, Martin Kapik of Czechoslovakia, uh, with Shikosley, obviously the current world champion, uh, winning pretty comfortably 15-11. Our third one is an interesting fight, if you've got a chance to go back and watch it, and it's it's uh, it's, it's my hero, uh, Yannick Burrell, up against my other hero, Park Sang-Yong, <laughs> uh, and it's a close one with Park edging it out 15-14. And the last one is... Uh, Enrico Garozzo up against uh, Zavrotniak of Poland. Uh, with, you might be surprised to hear this one, but Zavrotniak actually takes this one, 15 13. It's pretty close. Uh, so, if you've never, if for those who've not, not really familiar with Zavrotniak, he's, he's quite an interesting fencer. If you've seen him, he's left handed. Uh, he's quite upright for sort of a modern epiest in terms of his stance. And he moves really, really well. He's sort of quite bouncy. And upright, and he, he's very good at counter time, and he's very good at reading his opponent's preps. And that kind of takes us into the semi finals. And the first one is uh, Bida versus Shikosley. Uh, and it's really cagey at, the, at first. And basically, they get, it goes to hit a piece, and then there's no fencing for a whole minute. So uh, we end up in classic epi territory. And there's a P card with about 1.15 left on the clock in that first period. And uh, that kind of starts to break things up. And uh, Bida, who's kind of still relying on his his physicality to try and bully, supposedly 
just can't make it work. And Sokozy just rocks all the fence. Anyway, it finishes 4-2. And then in the second period, once they've gone and had a break, Sokozy comes out and his tactical game is immense. It's absolutely immense. He, he keeps the distance very, very long. Bida can't get his head around exactly how he's supposed to fence this guy and basically keeps charging in. And that basically is just what Sokozy wants. You can either hold him or, or stop it. And he's always, always, always always trying to get Bida to do something and then working off that. Uh, apart from the, the odd one or two times where he just randomly attacks. So Bida clearly doesn't can't guess what's what's going on in front of him. And uh, that round finishes 11-4. Uh, and the third period, uh, Bida... 11-4. 11-4 in the second period. So it's basically all over now. Ow. Yes, it's, it's an absolute pasting in that round. Yeah. Honestly, if you, if you want to watch somebody just demolish someone by not appearing to take it, do, do very much. That's kind of a good one. I mean, it's it's really active. I'm not kidding. It's really, really active. They're both moving up and down the piece. Uh, but Bida just is being not the brightest and just keeps charging <laughs> forward. I mean, honestly, if, you, if you're shedding points, what's the point in running at your opponent? I mm. mean, the, the worst that can happen here is you can lose two points through P-Reds. Just, like, be a spreadsheet fencer. Anyway, if... The, the P, P3 opens, uh, the period three, third period opens uh, pretty well and Bida starts off pretty positively. So what he was trying to do is he was trying to shift Sokozy's defence. He's flicking around the wrist and he's trying to pick off Sokozy as he's bouncing in and out at long distance. And he's trying to force him. That's period two. But in period three, Bida changes the tactic. So he, he, he still goes for that little prep on the wrist, but this time mm. just goes direct immediately after and he gets a couple of hits just through surprise. But Bida's just on to him straight away because he just senses the change. What does he do? He takes a step back so he's even further out of range uh, and the and despite Bida get a couple of sort of uh, get a couple of hits uh, it finishes 15-8 and it's really really comfortable for Sikosley who's totally in command uh, so our second semi-final is obviously uh, Zavrotniak versus Park so he takes a Zavrotniak takes a, an early lead and goes about 3-2 up but uh, it's kind of like he doesn't have an answer really to Park's variety of attacks because unlike Unlike Bida, uh, who's relying on sort of bullying the blade and being very physical about it, you know what Park's like. He's just got tremendous speed and he can hit you in any angle that you, you basically open up. So he just basically bounces around in front of him. Uh, it finishes 4-2, but that isn't really a fair reflection of the amount of work that Park put into that. It's just mm -hmm. frantic all the time with Zivorniak just desperately trying to hold him off. Uh, the second period goes pretty much like the like in the first semi-final uh, with uh, Park just basically coming out and then taking the lead up to 9-5 straight away. It's just hit after hit after hit, basically. Right. And he doesn't give Zivrotniak any any chance to move. As soon as, he, as soon as he so much as tries to change direction, Park's on him. It's either a flesh... It's a you know a short hit to a short hit to wrist. It's maybe and if if Zavorniak's trying to get gets a parry and uh, Parks off him onto his leg, so it's a, it's it's actually really really good. Um, there's a bit of a rally towards the end of the period too, and Zavorniak brings it back to seven nine. You think well maybe the match is on, uh, but Park just slows actually slows down and goes and becomes even more calm and sort of glacial looking, despite <laughs> the pace. It's, it's, it's honestly it's, it's quite amazing to watch. So he looks totally calm. He appears to be moving kind of this sort of glacial calm way and then he just basically just takes Zivrotniak apart and finishes 59. There's not very much to say other than this. Not it's, a convincing it's, it's, one. It's, yeah. it, it's convincing, it's not convincing. But the final is actually really, really great. Um, so we've got Park versus uh, Seclosi and uh, the first period is really intense and it finishes 5-5 five, five, and it's just, there's one double hit and the rest is just single lights and neither fencer is afraid to get in close. They're both coming in close and scrapping for every single hit. 
Um, and it's that like, it's a kind of interesting clash of styles. So you've got Shaklozzi's uh, kind of uh, well set defence, calm, reading the game in front of them, uh, up against Parks, kind of intense, relentless attacks, but also calm at the same way. Um, so it just really, really goes. They really, really go for it. Uh, it finishes uh, five all. Uh, period two, Park comes straight out and it goes to a two hit lead, and it's just with a brilliant change of pace. So I was talking about the sort of glacial calmness about him. Well, as soon as the referee just says fence, he just comes out and starts hitting Zavrotniak. <laughs> um, yeah, so it looks like Zavrot. It looks like he's kind of um, he's, he's really just attacking into uh, into Zavrotniak's sort of prep there. Uh, so what he does hang is beating him. On. Zavrotniak's gone. We're talking to Cluzy now. Oh, apologies. I've mixed, mixed him up ahead. So Cluzy, right? So as Cluzy walks in, uh, Park's picking him off and he and Park takes quite a significant lead. It's 9-5 and I thought that the fight was basically going the same way as the previous two. Uh, but it kind of just, the momentum just immediately swings against Park and Cluzy actually does a park against park and starts doing fast attacks. So every time park moves into distance, suppose he charges in and mm. it goes, uh, uh, it, it closes the gap and it goes to nine, eight. And it's, it's just a couple of sort of hits for hits and it goes to sort of 10, 11. And then it's just, there's this sort of this weird changing momentum at uh, 10, 11 when all of a sudden, Ciclosi gets it to 11 all and it's because Park misses Mark, Park comes in really really fast and aggressive gets through but uh, Ciclosi actually just manages to put the point on and it's his light and it's 11 all at this point and then it just goes point 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 until we get to this point at the end of the of the period uh, where Ciclosi is leading 14-13 and it, I'm not kidding it does look all over at this point it's really really intense really close and Park just basically just comes from nowhere and hits him. And it's 14 all. And at this point, so we've went from this kind of weird clash of styles to both fencers doing what I described as boring fencing with the with the saber <laughs> being in the middle. And it comes down to who's going to blink first, right? So you've got these two fencers in this epi, so they're both going to get hit, right? We both know this is what's going to happen. We all know this is what's <laughs> going to happen with both fences going into the middle. So it's 14 all. Both fences go for it on the fence and they literally come off the line. But Ciclosi does a ducking stop hit. Oh. And totally, totally suckers ooh, part. That's nasty. Absolutely suckers him. And it's <laughs> yeah. a great way to finish. Uh, so it's a great match. And uh, if you want to watch some great fencing, I, I totally recommend it. Uh, okay. I can't recommend that's, it. That's, uh, a, that's a big either. gamble at 14 0. Oh, totally. I mean, the, the, the previous set, they both stepped into the middle and Park had come out with the victory. And the mm. second one, uh, so Cozy just decided, well, that's not going to work twice. If I let Park attack me, he's going to hit me. So what can I do? Well, I'm just going to throw all. I'm just going to throw all my all my cards on the table and go for a duck, and it just yeah. totally pays off. It's a great hit, absolutely great hit. Uh, so because it's a World Cup, we've obviously got the teams. Uh, fortunately, I'm going to be a results reading service for this one as well. <laughs> uh, in the semi-finals, France v Italy. Uh, France destroy Italy, forty-five twenty-four. So Italy, despite being really, really strong throughout the year, uh, looks like France have got the number at the moment. And then in the last semi-final, Hungary defeat Switzerland 45-34. So it feels like another kind of convincing win for Hungary. Uh, so yeah. that feels like a team that's sorted itself out now, if you know what I mean. So Switzerland are still, I think they're number three in the rankings now. So Switzerland still get to go and Hungary take the zonal place. And I think Russia are the next one after that. And I don't think Russia can catch... I think it's unlikely that Russia will catch Switzerland now. So Switzerland are going to go to the Olympics, I think. Uh, yes. Yeah, I get the feeling France, Switzerland, 
um, are are pretty safe. I think they're one and two actually at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. And at the moment, it's Russia that's Russia that's missing out. They're uh, outside the top four and now behind Hungary for the yeah. for the zonal place, the European zonal place. So uh, yeah, yeah. For a, a Russian team that was pretty dominant a couple of years ago, they've mm-hmm. uh, the, the, their levels really dropped off, and I think they're sitting about. Seventh in the world rankings, sixth or seventh in the world rankings at the moment. Um, and but if you're in Europe, that's that's not enough to get you to the Olympics. No, it's not. It's and, pretty brutal. And the thing is, they're not even they're not that far off. But the problem is, is that if you if when they go into the next World Cup, Hungary are going to be in such a strong position that I doubt Russia can catch them. I, I mean, it would have to be something totally crazy, like Hungary going out immediately and Russia winning it. I think something along those lines. But I think it I is think, it is epic. I wouldn't rule it out. Well, that's true, but I think for Epi, things things for the team feel fairly settled now. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure, because America have got the American place, Egypt have got the African place, the European places are all pretty much sewn up. I, I can't I can't see it changing all that much. And uh, mm. there might be some movement in Asia, and that's about it, really. Uh, yeah, but, even the, I mean, it's, it's the, the sort of missing teams, if you like, uh, are the surprising... Asian teams, if you like, yeah. And that at no the Korea. moment, it looks it looks almost certain there'll be no Korea and and no Japan, um, yeah. and that China have uh, have picked their game up under the. Well, that's that's Aubrey, I think, isn't it? He's he's the one. The Aubrey Magic, the yeah, old, yeah. He's he's pulling the levers in the background. They're saying, well, we we might not win as individuals. But we can go anyway as a team. I think that's uh-huh. the way he's probably looking at it. I mean, I, I remember when we we talked about his appointment to, as the as the lead coach for uh, for China. We I think we're pretty much in agreement that the chances of their being able to qualify a men's EP team were slim to none. Yep. And yet here we are. What a couple of World Cups to go before end of Olympic qualifying mm-hmm. and. Uh, China, China in the driving seat. I've just looked up the result. I've actually just looked it up. So China are seventh at the moment with the mm. Asian place, and South Korea are ninth, and the difference yeah. is twenty points. So yeah, while China aren't setting the world on fire, they're consistent. There's a the thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Korea. Yeah, for a long time, sort of serial serial winners have, yep. uh, have very much forgotten how to do it without much in the way of. Changing the lineup either. It's a it's a strange one that they've they've dropped off so sharply from. You know, we were joyfully celebrating them as you know the the Korean all stars, and um, yeah, it looks like we might only have have one of them fencing an individual um, at Tokyo. It's another team where it feels like the individual results aren't being matched by the team. Yeah, yeah, you but know, even so, more dramatic. Same with Japan, case. actually. Yeah, yeah, even more dramatic. It's an odd one. It's an odd one. I don't quite know what's going on in the Korean team there, but there we go. Um, so in the final there, uh, Hungary edged out France 45-43. I mean, because the places are all pretty much sewn up, it's not the most exciting thing to sort of talk about. <laughs> and that uh, that that uh, that that kind of wraps up Heidenheim, I think. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hungary getting their act together in a... A good weekend for them and for Young Seclusi taking the win at a big event in Heidenheim. Yep. That's improving that he's not just a one-hit wonder. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and again, I fancy that 
well, how long ago? A year ago, would we be picking him as a you know world championship medalist and uh, winner of Heidenheim? Yeah, I don't think so. Yep, I think so. I mean, worryingly, what, what it shows how little we know. <laughs> Just a bit disappointing. Well, so Closey's really young, so the, he's only he's not long at juniors, I don't think. And uh, just said, yeah, a year not, or two. Yes, yeah, so it's not surprising we don't know very much about him. So he's not like Redley or someone like that. He's been he's been around a little bit, you know. No, indeed, like yeah, yeah. At all. but it's he the just, fact he's that he's made he's made such progress at senior level so quickly. That's uh, that's hard going for for young APS. Yeah, and usually takes a good a bit longer. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's closely fast tracking himself uh, up towards the top of the rankings. It's good going. It's good going. So, yep. an action-packed weekend, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Virtually a couple of weekends ago now. So we need to we need to get our our nominations for coolest fencer on the planet out of that dazzling array of of action. Some of which we couldn't see, obviously. Um, but yeah, hit, hit me with some nominations, people. Who've we got? Uh, I'm going to go for Shikosley uh, just because. <laughs> It was a remarkable victory in the face of what looked like certain defeat against Park, uh, proving that he's not a one-hit wonder, a comfortable win over Bida. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for Shikosley. Okay. I'll be going for Bolad Abati. Just because it's Sabre and Sabre's best. And such an amazing <laughs> performance, really. Um mm-hmm. He's had quite a good season and it was just really lovely fencing to watch. However, this is a one off. Mm-hmm. The sounds of getting a stop hit, a duck stop hit in Epic 14 all does sound impressive. So just saying, it, it, Gav. Kate, if you set it up, a ducking stop hit is beautiful. It's so satisfying True. to watch your opponent walk back to his line going, I fell for it. I'm, I've really screwed up. It's an immensely <laughs> satisfying experience. So, I'll, but I'll, it is ballsy. I'll go with it's that one. very ballsy. It's very, very ballsy. Yeah. It, akin to like uh, Daryl Homer's jumps a cond at Rio. Yeah, that was that was pretty ballsy. Yeah, that was. Uh, yeah, probably something even bigger at stake there. So that would still that would still edge it for me. But yeah, yeah I think definitely. so. But that it, yeah. Ducking stop it to win Heidenheim at what, 21 or something. It's still, it, it takes a bit of nerve. Okay. Um, I could, of course, as, as almost always, nominate uh, Ina Deraglasova for a double win in Katowice when taking the individual uh, and leading her, her Russian team to, to gold on the Sunday. Uh, but I'll not do that because I never do. Uh, from Paris, equally, a, a double winner. With uh, with Nick Itkin uh, claiming the most prestigious title in men's foil outside the Olympics and World Championships, um, again at the the tender age of twenty, and then being a, a key member of uh, of the uh, dominant USA uh, men's foil team, um, winning on the Sunday. So that would be the obvious one to one to go for. Um, but I'm going to go for something uh, a little more left field here. Um, I'm going to nominate my coolest fencer on the planet as being Jeremy Cado, uh, yeah. in that despite having only one functioning leg, managed to well almost managed to 
to drag his French team that he'd been drafted into at the very last minute to a, a win against the Italian superstars. Um, and then still with a leg that was functioning even less, taking them to thir- third place uh, in front of their adoring French crowd at the at the Stade Pierre de Coubertin. So not a win. I can't remember how he got on the individual, a 64 or 32, nothing very spectacular. Wasn't even the strongest performer in the French team that, that finished in third place, but it was such a, a monumentally brave performance from a, um, a man doing everything he could to, to give the French crowd what they want. And his reward for that will almost certainly be to be out of the team um, <laughs> when it comes to uh, the next World Cup in Cairo and come the European Championships and the Olympics. Mm. So Jeremy Caddo is my nomination for coolest fencer of the planet. I mean, I, honestly, I would, I, he would be my second choice because I think I'm, I'm dredging my memory a little bit here, but did he not win a leg despite only having one leg? <laughs> they're not, they're not that, would seem, that would seem entirely that in itself because I think he did not win one like 6-5 or something like that I, I, I'm sure he did in time, you know? yeah I'm sure he did but uh, the fact that he never got a thumping despite being severely hindered um, and it, it was clearly every time he lunged it, it looked horribly painful and um, mm-hmm. yeah there he was doing that for for three matches against world class fencers and um doing enough to give his give his teammates a, a chance and, and to pick up a medal. What do we think? Mm. I'm gonna Kate, you can go first. I think I will allow a foilist. It does sound pretty honourable performance from Kado. It's not the obvious one. No, it's not the it's the coolest and you know yeah. to perform with one leg. Yeah, and exactly. help get your team to the third place under the pressure of a home crowd. You know, hats off to him. Yeah. Okay. 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 okay all right. I'm, I'm on over. Well, let's do let's do Jeremy Cado. I'm sure we've got Excellent. more more to come from the Hungarian anyway. So let, let, let's let's do Jeremy Cado because well, yeah, let's, all, let's all our other it. nominations, all our other nominations, um, even if we include Nick Itkin, we're going to hear a load more about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's a young man, totally on the rise. Yeah. Apathy has. Won several times before, always in fine style, an exciting fencer. Pretty sure we'll hear more of him again. Yeah. Jeremy Caddo, peripheral figure in the men's foil school, uh, French men's foil school these days. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's won World Championships medal as part of the French team. He's won World Cups in the past, but, um, in some ways this, this may be his, his most heroic performance, if not his greatest. So, um, yeah. I'll find a way to get a men's foil winner of Coolest Fencer on the Planet one way or another. <laughs> just just by tugging in the heartstrings. <laughs> Talking of which, actually, something I forgot to mention was that um, another thing that was announced on the, the Sunday in Paris was that Erwin um, Lepeshu, even more of a, a national hero than uh, than Cadu or even the reigning world champion in Enzo IV is, um, will be retiring after the after the Tokyo Olympics. So there was a, a, a presentation of a Lifetime Achievement Award to him um, on the Sunday at, uh, at the CIP. And uh, he got precisely the kind of rising reception from the French crowd that you would expect. So there's um, there's one that we'll, we'll definitely not be seeing again. It'll be weird. Yeah. 
it's going to be weird seeing a French team without him in it. It's going to be a, a really odd experience. Yeah. Like, how can we... Like we always expect Urban to pull them out of the fire. If, if everything else has gone badly, Urban's there. He's he's going to save the day. Yeah, so that's what he does. Be very that's what he does for. Not, that's what he does, and it's what he's done for a long time. But he's got another six yeah. months of doing it. So, um, yeah, let's see if he can do it another couple of times. So, I think I think that is a wrap. We've yep. talked about a load of fencing. We've got uh, a weirdly left field winner of coolest fencer on the planet. Mm-hmm. We've got some weird conspiracy theories, <laughs> and Kate has insulted most of our international competitors. I think if there's anyone else who you want to insult just now, uh, you know, just. Throw it out there. I'll just put it on the list. It's fine. I'll accept all the hate back. It's fine. I'll accept <laughs> it. Be strong, Kate. Be strong. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll handle it. I'll <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so I think that's a wrap. Um, whole lot of stuff coming up. Doha Grand Prix happening this weekend. This weekend. Um, yep. Just as we're, we're recording. And then a couple of weeks' time, we've got Women's Epi from Barcelona, Men's Epi from Vancouver, and uh, Foil Grand Prix from Turin, all to look forward to. So I guess our next recording session will be just over a couple of weeks' time. We'll yep. get all of that action um, talked about and mm-hmm. um, lots of stuff to look forward to. Uh, don't forget to follow us on all the social medias. We're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and you can go to our, our website at... Um, thefencingpodcast.com and if you want to drop us an email about something interesting we are at thefencingpodcast at gmail.com you can send all my hate mail there as well (laughs) yeah we'll we'll try and filter try and filter some of that out but you know there's only so many hours in the day if the hate mail is particularly funny we will share it on Facebook of course suitably suitably redacted (laughs) yeah I think we need a, a ranking as well. We've got f- Saber Peasant at the bottom to Fencing Wizard. We need some more scales in between as well. All right, something something in between these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you a f- mm, are you okay. a Fencing uh, Wizard or a Saber Peasant? <laughs> arguably, it could be both. Arguably, <laughs> arguably be both. I am both. I think I am both. Both a Saber Peasant and also a Wizard. I have the beard. <laughs> True enough. Right, enough of this nonsense. We'll see you all again in a couple of weeks' time. So goodbye till then. And it's goodbye for me. Goodbye.